Hello, and welcome to Firmly Grasp It, a podcast about sports and all its being. I am your host, Evan Greenberg. For today's episode, we have two guests. First one being my main podcast guest, my co-host, you know him as the King of Jordan, Sammy Ashawabke. Sammy, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Doing well. And joining us today, we have another first-time guest. He was one of our original college friends as well, joining the likes of Ryan Kalsher, Pat McDeed. Also a New Hampshire guy, big personality, very bubbly, Boston Marathon finisher, Lucas McCabe. How are you, Lucas? Welcome to the podcast. Doing well. Thanks for having me. I like how you know it a finisher and not uh, any time. We'll just leave it at finished. <laughs> hey, it's impressive no matter how what time you do. Well, let's go with that. <laughs> I mean, neither of us have done a marathon. We've only did the Boston half and we can't even say that went great for either of us. So, <laughs> I, I believe. I'll get you guys out there next year. Well, the goal is to get there eventually. But I gotta say, I'm a, I'm a little bummed that we're having you on this episode for the New England Patriots, Lucas. Hmm. Why is that? Because you're such an optimistic, positive person. So when I go into these picks and rip them apart, I want someone who's gonna get more defensive than you. I think you'll be surprised. I, I, I think I have, I have a very interesting opinion on some of these. I won't give it away yet, but by all means, rip away. All right, sounds good to me. But before we do that, I want to get into your grading methodology for all of these picks. What did you do to come up with your grades? Yeah, so so I think for me, the number one thing, and this being a, a Patriots homer uh, statement for sure, and I'm saying that up front, is I think the Patriots think about picks differently in the sense that I think a lot of teams go with the best player available, and I don't think that's what the Patriots do. So I think number one for me was, was scheme fit, and I think that's very extra important for the Patriots, obviously important across the board, but that was my number one was scheme fit. Does it fit what they're trying to do? Two was development. Do we think we can develop these guys? We've seen multiple players in the past, you know, the Malcolm Butler types, the even drawn Harmon to an extent where they definitely said, you know, these guys came from smaller schools or were off the radar, but um, we can develop them. So I think that came into play. Number two, uh, number three was team need. And number four was just pure stats. You know, were they someone that lit up a page? And I think those were my top four criteria. And are you doing letters, numbers, some other thing? Uh, so I did I did letters. And I think I summed them up for, for a team score in the end, uh, giving a higher weighting to the kind of earlier picks and kind of trailing off that that equal rating as I got lower into the fifth, sixth round. But definitely letter grades. Okay. Yeah, Sammy does letters as well. His is a mix of value, needs, and then Sammy has a propensity to compare players that were still available with players that were chosen Mm. and then deduce. He'll make grades lower if there was one guy he liked that went two rounds later. Fair point. I think we're going to have a a similar sentiment on uh, the first pick, but I'll I'll wait to see. Yeah, and then for me, I do a check system. It's try to keep it more objective. So a check means that it hits a team need, which we'll get into in a little bit. It's a, if they get a plus next to that, if they hit a value, if it was a good value pick, and there's a minus if it was a reach, I try to keep it out of context. I just keep it in the bubble of how either for the first few rounds, how we projected the players to go, or for the later rounds, how a lot of other experts did. So you can either get a check plus, a plus, a check, a zero, a minus, or a check minus. All right. Sounds good to me. I think, I think it's good that we kind of cover yeah. a, a gambit of options. 
for sure yeah that's the kind of idea I, I try to although like we've had certain picks where i kind of went into the i didn't like the pick at all but in terms of where he was expected to go and the team needs it made more sense mm. so I try <laughs> to my biases at, yeah I, i'm looking at the makai beckton the jets draft because <laughs> i had it right next to patriots so <laughs> exactly but let's move on to our pre-draft needs and i'll just kind of list them off and then you guys will let me know if you have similar or different I had quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, defensive line on the interior and defensive end, and then linebacker. Sammy, you have similar different? Yeah, uh, pretty much the same. Also, more on the offensive line, maybe another guard or another center as well. Okay, and Lucas? So I would say the one thing that I, I ruled out was, was quarterback. And just everything they said pre-draft, I kind of took that off the list thought they were rolling with Stidham. And I threw, I don't know if you said cornerback in there, but I threw it in there just given the players that were leaving. There's two or three different guys that have left, so I thought they might fill that spot. Yeah, I just felt they were still pretty deep at corner. That was one, their secondary was their biggest position of strength last mm-hmm. year. And although they maybe didn't say they were going to take a quarterback, we also, I made these several weeks before the draft occurred because mm-hmm. this was, we did these all pre-draft the needs. And I just I still don't see Stidham being the answer, so I felt like they at least probably should have taken someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which, spoiler, they did not. <laughs> um, actually, before we start, um, can I ask a question to you guys? Is is do you did you change your rankings depending on whether you think this is a win now draft or if it's a win in one or two years draft? A combination of both. I value I don't value a player for the most part based on a one year window. Mm-hmm. so most of the guys a lot of the guys especially third round and on you're expecting them to be developmental players mm-hmm. which you can't so you can't give too much credence if they get a guy late round who i see being a day one i give it that bonus of value mm-hmm. but if, if it's like a sixth round pick and he's obviously not gonna be a day one starter i'm not gonna give them negative value for that necessarily fair fair yeah pretty much the same as well if they see them as most likely developmental. Will give them that respect of not being a day one starter. So it's fine. It's 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 a mix of things. All right, let's move on to these picks. So they did not have a first round pick. They traded out of the first round. Their first pick, thirty seventh overall in the second round, they took Kyle Duggar, safety out of Illinois. Ryan Lucas as our guest. I'll let you start off first. What were your thoughts and grade on this pick? Mm. So, a lot of thoughts. This was, I think, my lowest rated pick out of all their picks. Contemplated giving him a C-, ended up with a D for Duggar. And I think the reasoning there is is just seeing what other players are on the board. And this is where I'm curious to see Sammy's thought, but I believe Grant Delpit was still on the board. They're a fined player, player that has played at a high caliber. And I think it was it was tough to see that pick for, obviously, it's one of those who moments. I think, I mean, you can see what they see in him. An athletic guy. Uh, ranked in the 99 percentile when it comes to that statistic but everything you read on him says not a very cerebral player he's an older player he's like 24 years old so for for a position of i would say not huge need given what they have at cornerback like we said and and especially with uh the devin and jason mccordy contracts wasn't a position of need didn't seem to really fit in with anything they're trying to do and didn't seem like a guy they could really coach up from a cerebral standpoint with other players on the board that wouldn't need really much refining didn't make sense for me Mm -hmm. and sammy as our other patriots fan and since lucas is curious as a patriots fan what you thought of this pick but i'm guessing it's similar to 
what Lucas just said. It's similar. I, you know, he he hit it with saying that, you know, there was Grant Delpit. There's also my boy, Antoine Winfield as well. Both of them, Lucas, Antoine Winfield has was one of my highly rated players going into the draft. And having him and Delpit as both options that the Pats could have drafted just completely confused me. But as I'm reading more and more about Duggar and his ability, and how it seems that the team, and especially Devin McCourty and a few of the other team captains, seem to really love his work ethic and his athleticism. I mean, I'm not going to give it a D grade. I, I will stick. I will go with a C grade at the moment, mostly due to I think that being a Division II player, even though he played for six years, I think that... Belichick really has something in store for him. I really wish they went with Delpit or Winfield or just anyone else, really. Safety wasn't that big of a need, but I have a feeling with how much they rave about his athleticism and his work ethic that they're going to be expecting him to be starting possibly within the next year. This is such a Patriots pick. It really (laughs) hurt because they had their first pick 23rd overall i believe 23rd or 24th and jordan love was still there there was plenty of speculation that they might try to take him and the patriots said now nah, we're good i don't we don't want a quarterback we're, and we don't want our first round pick because we never want our first round pick so they traded out and then they get 37 and they take a division two safety which as you guys have mentioned was neither a position of need nor near the best player available Safeties in general seemed to fall. There were none taken in the first round. And the first one was Xavier McKinney, who went the pick before this. And we had McKinney as a first-round grade. We had Delpit as a first-round grade. Winfield slightly higher. Duggar was a guy that we did talk about, and I mentioned him in that mid-later second round. So my grade is between a zero and a minus. I don't want to get too much into what you guys have already said, but they did have other safety options available. I don't love the pick. I it could see him being a productive player because, as Lucas mentioned before, he was when he's talking about the Patriots methodology. Belichick kind of thinks he knows what he's doing, and with defense, he does do a good job for the most part. It's not like wide receiver, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up being a solid player for them. But there were several better guys on the board. That is a little disappointing. It's between a zero and a minus. I'll give it a zero just to be a little more generous, but it's right on that barrier. Let's move on to their next pick. They had another first-round pick, 60th overall. They took Josh Uche, defensive end out of Michigan. Sammy, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts and grades here? You know, honestly, I think this pick might be my favorite pick in the whole draft from the pe- from the Pats. We had uh, edge rusher as one of the needs, especially after they lost Van Noy and Jamie Collins. And in terms of value, we were predicting him to go around this range and he was also the best edge rusher available at the time because I think Apensa was drafted six spots earlier by the Bills. Correct. But, I mean, in terms of his ability, like, he's really good uh, linebacker who really fit both 4-3 and the 3-4, whichever one that the Pats want to send out next year. He's really good with tackling, really powerful, really good with the pass rushing ability. And overall, he's... Seems to be a type of mold that the Pats really love. You know, you mentioned that with Duggar. I, this is a, a this is a Belichick player for me, and I think with those holes at the edge rushing positions, that this is a really good pick. And I, I'm I'm giving this one an A minus. Oh, that's pretty generous of you. 
I do agree that it is also my favorite pick of them, but that really is not saying much at all, as you'll find out soon. It's a solid pick, value-wise, right in line. We had him late second, early third for the most part. Is going to fit their scheme nicely. I see him almost in that Kyle Van Noy role, that the former Patriot, and that he may not, or not Kyle Van Noy. Um, yeah, I guess Collins? Kyle Van Noy. Maybe like, hmm? Or Jamie Collins? No, I'm trying. Who is there? No, who's the other? Who's the one that went to Detroit two years ago? Flowers. Oh, flowers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Flowers. I see him being in that similar mold where he's not going to put up huge stats his first couple of years. He's going to be forced into kind of being used as a all-around game where some rush, some pass, and then eventually he might have that breakout sack here where he hits double digits, but not expecting that for at least three seasons. But he does make sense in the Belichick scheme. He has the ability to kind of do both. And as Sammy mentioned, he played some linebacker a little bit in college as well. So he has that pass rushing ability, but can be brought back into co- into coverage. And Belichick loves his versatility, so that makes sense a lot. It's a check for me, pro- easily their best pick in the draft, but it, a totally solid pick. Lucas, um, yeah, and I'd actually start off with maybe asking you a question, which is, if you were to grade last year's, I know we didn't do this last year, but what would you have given Chase Winovich? I f- uh, I feel like I remember him being like kind of a reach, if I remember correctly, right? I think he was a he was a little bit of a reach, but a guy that said you know high motor did have some of the stats, played at a high level against some good competition, and so I guess the the reason why I bring that up is obviously they they were teammates there for a while. Kind of the points you guys said, he kind of fits that Kyle Van Noy spot, and I think there's going to be a tandem here. There's one that plays with his hand in the ground. That was the Jamie Collins. That's going to be the Chase Winovich. Then there's the the upright player Kyle Van Noy, who's kind of go out and kind of do whatever's needed of him, and I think that's what uh, Josh is going to be. And that's why I really, really like to pick. If you look at their stats straight up against Chase Winovich, he has better sack numbers. He has better tackle numbers. He has better tackle for loss numbers. Um, and he has some defensive coverage expertise. So I think that is something that, for me, I give it an A. Looking at all of that, you have two players who played for at a high level together. One shows success. I'm sure they talked to Winovich and said, hey, what's the deal with this guy? And I think it's a tandem that, from everything you guys have said and everything we've kind of detailed is going to be very successful in the future. Very prototypical, I guess, new age prototypical defensive end type guy. Um, that's why I gave him an A. I think just everything seems to, on paper, be there for someone at this point in the second round. I do want to mention that him and Vinovich did not really play together as Uche did not start until his senior year. He was really just kind of a mop-up duty guy for the first three years of the team. So he also just has that really one year of experience. Belichick clearly looking for the upside and development factor, which he loves on his defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, a, that's a good point, but I mean... Your best pick going in the draft. And he did still get seven sacks and eight tackles for loss his junior year. So he was an impact player when he did yeah, play. Yeah, those numbers... No, he did. I mean, he played well his senior year, but it's just hard on those one-year samples of determining whether the player is going to be truly successful or not. Because he wasn't a transcendent physical talent or wasn't a high... Num- like high value in the high school or anything that he just kind of waited by his time. He just showed up his senior year. It's yeah, not those are junior those are junior year numbers. The uh, seven sacks and eight tackles mm-hmm. for loss. Those are junior year numbers. He upped them in um his senior year. So he he only played in twelve okay. games his or sorry nine games his junior year, but he did have seven sacks. So he and for limited action he did pretty well. Yeah, he's not a bad player at all. It's just 
we'll see if he i feel like it'll take him some time to develop kind of like he did in college fair fair but let's move on to let's move on to their next pick a little bit different in my opinion they had a few third round picks the first one 87th overall they took anthony jennings defensive end out of alabama this pick i didn't like a lot yes you can say defensive end was a need because especially in my view, I just, if it was the position was a need, I didn't really care if they took a guy in that position already, as long as they're continuing hitting that, I'll give it the check value. I just did not see it. Jennings was a pretty disappointing player to Alabama. His physicality, you just wasn't where you want it to be. I, even a guy like Raekwon Davis, who we had conflicting opinions on throughout. I liked him more than Jennings on that Bama defensive line. We did not mention him at all in our first three rounds. So him going here, even though it's it's middle third round, but still earlier than I would have liked. I'm giving it a check minus. They could have done better with this pick. There were several players that I like better. I know Sammy liked better. I'm sure Lucas liked better that were available. But Lucas, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so so for this pick, I kind of contemplated a bit. I ended up giving it a B minus. I think I think it's a player that's they're gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they use him. Because they say, really, he's a run stuffer. I can't say I know too much about him. I think he obviously, as you kind of mentioned, he wasn't one of the frontliners on that defense. But, I mean, I think just given the Acho pick, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. (laughs) But given that pick, this one just didn't really make much sense. I think a smarter player from everything you read about him. But, yeah, just a player that didn't quite seem to, I guess, fill any of those needs, given that they seemingly just filled the need the pick before. Um, I'll leave it at that. And Sammy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm with Lucas there. I I gave it a C plus. Uh, technically, he does fill a need, and there there is a hole in that position since both Van Noy and Collins, two of them, two elite guys, are now gone. And he never impressed me at at uh, Alabama, and. I'm just starting to get a little worried now, and I know we, we alluded to it, but we had wide receiver and a few other positions as needs, and I, I didn't think it was really worth doubling down on a position that they just filled 20 picks ago when there were other uh, skilled players that they needed to address at this point. So I'm, I'm giving it a C plus. The Patriots made a habit of that in this draft, just doubling down on positions. Some of them were needs, some of them not so much. But they consistently did back-to-back positional picks. They did that three different times of their 10 picks. So they really did. Want, they For some reason, they decided instead of spreading out their needs, they just doubled down on every position that they felt like they would need. <laughs> and I part. think one, uh, one, one thing that I don't think has been mentioned too much about the Patriots offseason is, is losing Landon Roberts. I think that's... That's something that maybe this is replacing that. So in a way, you have Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, Andy Landon Roberts. But I think that's going to be a huge loss. And maybe this was a way trying to fill that hole, um, kind of a smaller outside linebacker type guy. That'd be my only thought with this pick. That's what bumped me up from a C plus to a B minus. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. I just saw NFL.com. Their direct comparison of Jennings is Kyle Van Noy. And that was made <laughs> before the draft. So clearly that's what Belichick sees as well. But I, I guess it's to be determined whether that'll actually happen. They could have gotten him probably later on. They have three third-round picks. If you want to trade one of those back and try to get him there, it would have made more sense to make. As with their next two picks, 
first one, 91st overall, as we mentioned, going back-to-back on their positions. They took one of their first two tight ends. They took Devin Asaisi, tight end out of UCLA. Lucas, I'll start with you first here. What were your thoughts and grade? Yeah, so I think this was my number one position to need was tight end. Ultimately, and, and I have an interesting point on why I gave it this, I ended up with a B- minus on this. Not a great blocker from everything I see, and that's something we know that the Patriots love with tight ends. But really my number one reason, because this guy shows he can be a big play threat, but my number one reason was the fact that I really loved Thaddeus Moss. And I thought that was a guy that went undrafted. And so I think this was just a reach for a position that was known not to be too high in the draft. Um, if we're in a rebuild, then I don't know if it's necessarily a position you need to fill right now. And given that much talent that could have been gotten later in the draft or as an unsigned free agent, thought it was just a little bit of a reach for a guy that had too many issues. Um, when it comes to the full package of a tight end. So I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this was probably my least favorite pick of the entire draft for them. Because, as you mentioned, I it just felt like a huge reach. Tight ends, for the most part, were kind of hit or miss on where we projected, but I had so many that were ranked higher than him here. I even liked Dalton Keene at 101 better than I liked Asaisio 91. And then there were several other guys like Harrison Bryant, Hunter Bryant, Thaddeus Moss, Adam Troutman, just to name a few, just at that tight end position that I feel felt and still feel were much better. I don't really understand what they see in him. As you mentioned, he's not even a great run blocker. He's not a great blocker. And Belichick likes his versatile guys. I just don't see him making much of an impact on the roster. He fits the mold of like all the tight ends that they have now where they might be able to come in on a limited basis, but you're probably looking for your next, at least, I mean, not necessarily Gronk, but you want a guy who can, you can have on the field 70 plus percent of snaps. Your next Ben Watson. And he doesn't seem like the guy for me. Yeah, even so, like a younger Ben Watson. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't fit the bill for that either. I, I don't think either. So it's a check minus for me because, as you mentioned, it is hitting a needed tight end, but I just don't like the value in the slightest whatsoever. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. I gave it a, a C plus, mostly due to you look at his size, and even then, he's smaller than most of the other tight ends. And not only that, given what we our history of, especially having Gronk for so many years, and we just drafted a guy who's a much much smaller than Gronk, probably a little faster, but that's not going to help on the run blocking side of things. And even if he can break tackles and take a couple of guys down. Or even just be a little dump off. His he's just not that versatile to really play in this system. I, I'm not really a fan of the pick. And like we like Evan mentioned, I'm more of a fan of the next tight end than this one. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And even so, Belichick I get why they picked two tight ends here, because Belichick loves to either do a twelve or a twenty two offense, which is either one running back, two tight ends, or two running backs, two tight ends. And as Sammy mentioned, they don't wide receiver was a major need for them, and they don't address it all in this draft. So Julian Edelman is really the only respectable one. So you're expecting that they're going to go two tight ends a lot, which I guess they're just taking two picks at the pile. They just, in my opinion, went with two wrong picks. So I guess a follow-up to and, that, do, do you think that means they can save $6 million by cutting Sanu? Do you think they do that? No, because... They gave up the second round pick for him. I just the value that it took to acquire him makes it too much, mm-hmm. and they they're desperate for receivers, as I just said. I don't see Sanu on that same level. I, they're hoping uh, that their first round pick last year can 
make that leap in this year because he was out the le- he was out for a while with injury and then came back and really wasn't great. You're hoping that that Kane can, or Nikhil Harry can make that impact. I'm a little bit skeptical as well, similar like I am with Stidham. So you just needed another you need another wide receiver. So mm-hmm. Sanu is you have to, you have to keep him more out of necessity than mm-hmm. as a valuable player. Yeah, and then you you can't hope that Jacoby Myers and then my main man Gunnar Olszewski or however you pronounce his last name come out of nowhere to I mean, I think Myers showed some promise, but I agree. I don't think they can make that big of a leap. I think if they do end up cutting Sanu and uh, you know, saving that six million dollars, I think that's a sign that they're they're in a way mailing it in this year for maybe a tank for Trevor scenario. But I think the the jury's still out on that. I think it really determines It'll be a huge determinant how the first four or five games go, uh, how the rest of the seasons goes. I did make a joke about that. We did our our offseason winners and losers, and I had the Patriots as my biggest loser. My first comment was, are they taking for Trevor? Mm. I do think in the sense that they are. Mm. It would not surprise me because they obviously, like I said, they didn't take a quarterback, and I feel like if unless they really believe in Stidham, which he was a six-round pick last year, and I know Tom Brady was a six-round pick as well, but <laughs> you think you're going to – hit that twice in a row you're really pushing your luck mm-hmm. so my guess is they didn't take one they're expecting him to not be too hot just take his lumps and then they'll be bad this year and trevor lawrence will be an immediate rebuild for them next year mm-hmm. but i guess well let's move on we'll go to the next pick 101st overall we've referenced him already dalton Keene, tight end out of virginia tech sammy i'll start with you i know you liked him better than asasi asiasi and I'm not sure I've obviously butchered his name already. What was your thoughts on that this pick? Well, I just hope we don't have to keep saying his name after this. But um I I like this pick more. He's he's more of a conventional tight end for for the system. He's a better blocker and especially for the pass both pass and run game. And I think his major downfall compared to the other tight end, Assassi, I don't know. Um, is that when he does get the ball, he's not really that fast or really that impressive with it. So I guess it's more of a yin-yang sort of situation if they're going to be fielding both of these tight ends out at once. But overall, I'm just disappointed with the draft selection so far with these two tight ends because we had Big Al from Mizzou or Adam Trotman as both probably... I forgot about Big Al. Big Al, man. (laughs) That was the guy I've been waiting to say, Big Al. Him and Troutman, those were the two tight ends. If they got both of them, would have been much better picks than who they ended up getting. But overall, Keen, I'm I like him more as he's got he's gonna be a B minus B pick for me. Also, I just gotta mention I was listening to the Fantasy Footballers podcast today and they called Alan Robinson Big Al, and I was very insulted because <laughs> Albert whatever whatever his last name is that we've called big Al, the tight end from Missouri who went in the fourth round. He's big Al, not Allen Robinson, but Lucas, what was your thoughts and grade on the pick? Um, so I, I might have what, what I would argue is my hottest take when it comes to Dalton Keene. Um, I gave him an a minus and I, I'm, this might be some projection by me, but looking at everything that, that you can find about him is as Sammy said, not the best receiver, not the flashiest guy. But a really, really solid blocker, a guy that was an all-state running back, first team all-state senior year of high school. Um, and just looking at his height and weight, it just seemed too perfect. He's 6'3", 6'4", 251 pounds. 
very similar to one James Devlin, who just retired. So I think I think this isn't a tight end. I think this is a, a fullback pick that has that versatility that the Patriots love. Um, and that's why I gave it an A-. I think from a system fit, that's exactly what Belichick looks for. From a, a need point of view, I don't even think we mentioned fullback earlier, but kind of a sleeper thing that we saw with how they struggled when they threw, uh, I think it was actually Landon Roberts as the as the fullback for a while there. Um, so they needed someone who knows how to block, who can learn an offense, and has the ability to catch if needed. So I think this filled a lot of those holes in a, in a kind of unorthodox, very Patriot way. That's why I gave it a A-. minus. I'm honestly just going to ignore that entire thing because you just said that a fullback in the third round is good value. I don't even want to talk about System it. System fit, baby. <laughs> that's, that's too much for me. Let's move on. Their next pick, going to the fifth round, 159th overall, they took Justin Warwasser, kicker out of Marshall. Hmm. I don't do grading of kickers. I don't think Sammy doesn't either. So it's an NA pick just because it's a kicker. He had good numbers at Marshall. He was maybe the top three kicker in this draft. So it's not not an awful pick. But Lucas, I'll let you kind of give a grade if you've had one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this one, this one was probably the toughest one to grade for me because there's a lot of rumors out there with some of his tattoos and whether that were kind of <laughs> white supremacist based. I don't know if you guys have read any of that stuff um, and some of his social yep. media history. So I think that made this a really, really tough pick for me. I mean, as you guys obviously have built into your skills, having a kicker anywhere kind of not in the six, seventh rounds is, is a little bit interesting, but for me, I gave it a C because yeah, he's a good kicker. Yeah. It's a position that we kind of need, but just a lot of the red flags that you think would get weeded out and maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's social media hounds sniffing too hard, but I think that's just a rough pick to make. But that being said, he does have decent stats. So that's all I'll say there. Mm-hmm. And Roar Wasser, just to mention, you mentioned his upbringing. He's from the town over from my old college roommate, Cake, who's been on this podcast several times. So, shout out Clifton Park, New York. Did they know each other? No, but they're, he's from the town over. So, yeah, he, like, when like, he was like, he's like, yeah, you know exactly. Like, he knows his high school and all that. Mm, okay. And they were only probably a year or so apart, but I don't think he knew. Okay, let's move on. They had four more picks, three in the sixth round, one in the seventh. First 182nd overall, they took Michael Onwenu, offensive lineman out of Michigan. Sammy, I'll start with you here first. What was your thoughts and grade? I really like this pick for them. I had guard as a need for the team, since especially Joe Tooney left um, by trade. So they have a hole in that line. And his size and what he brings is... He brings it both on the guard and also he was also can be used as a tackle and he's really strong in pass protection and overall his abilities. He's just strong and powerful. And I, I like the pick and I, I'm giving it a solid B grade actually. And Lucas. Well, I'm, I'm uh, actually a little caught off guard. Did we trade Joe Tooney and no, no pun intended. No, by yeah. saying I, That's guard. what I that's why I want you. He's not been traded yet. They franchise tagged him. We franchise tagged him, and there was rumors, right? But they haven't traded him. I'm like, I'm like panic Googling right now, but uh, okay, I think he, he's just franchise tagged. He's still on the team. I swear I read something that he was traded like a week or two ago. Then I, no, I think it's I didn't rumors. think so either. I was very, when you said that, I immediately also Googled it. I was like, I don't think he was traded. <laughs> He's the second highest paid player as of right now behind Stefan Gilmore, though. 
Well, everything I said, just put it as a depth piece behind Joe Tooney then. (laughs) (laughs) So does that change your grade at all, knowing that, you know, maybe it slightly is less of a position of need? I'll bring it down to a B minus. Which which puts it right in line. Yeah, I agree. So I I gave it a B minus. I think I heard the rumors. um, So and I think even without that, we had a lot of shuffling at tackle and guard last year. So I think they needed to bring someone in. I originally did have this at a B without the the Joe Tooney news or <laughs> I guess panic news. Um, but the one thing I read, I mean, if you look up him, is it says a lot of weight issues. That was what knocked him down from a B to a B minus. I'm hoping that's the thing that, you know, once you're in a professional locker room, they have nu- nutritionists, they have all that kind of handled for you. So something you can, you can handle. But that's why I gave it a B minus. Not a guy that blows you away, but from this area, decent value in an area of somewhat need. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it as a need, and my my issue with the Patriots line, it's talented and it's done well in the past few years, but they lost their longtime offensive line coordinator, Dante Scarnecchia. Mm-hmm. And Huge. when he was gone for a couple of years, his first retirement, they their offensive line plummeted, and they were the worst years of... Brady was sacked more than he ever has been, and a lot of the guys di- digressed and then or regressed and then improved again when Scarnecchia came back. So I expect some just overall regression from the offensive line in general. Mm-hmm. I don't love this pick. He's it's it's fine, I guess, in the sixth round, but he's a strong guy. He's more of a run stopper. He's not great in the past. And maybe that builds to the Patriots probably run first identity, although is Sony Michelle really a star caliber back? I'm not too positive on that. And he'll be a depth piece at this point. I gave it a minus. You could probably convince me that's a zero pick. But I just probably somewhat a very reach. He could have went in the seventh round or later. So not not one of my, I mean, the rest of these picks I don't love. So it's one of my mm. zero to minus picks. But let's move on. Next pick, as we mentioned, they like going back to back. So they address the offensive line once again, 195th overall, taking Justin Heron out of Wake Forest on the offensive line. I'll start here. I also gave this pick a minus. Another guy that I just felt is a backup. He's not going to be starting right away. Probably going to be a special teams guy. Not super spectacular of anything that he did at Wake Forest. I don't love his physical physical traits. I don't think he was a captain or anything. So there was no real standout point to where I saw he needed to be drafted. Maybe he ends up being a eighth offensive lineman. Maybe he's a special teams guy. But that's about all I'm expecting from him. So it's a minus for me. Lucas? Well, I guess uh, I'll, I'll start off with a question to that is, is what would you rather have seen them do this late in the draft? That would have been a, a zero or a plus for you. I mean, the zero plus is just based on the value of where the player is projected. Okay. What I would have liked is if they addressed some of their other positions, like if they had taken a true linebacker or gone with a wide receiver here. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair, fair. Um, so they did not hit those. They hit. I mean, they do with their next pick. They hit a linebacker. That's their first one, but they mm-hmm. don't address the wide receiver at all. So. Yeah, I think the wide receiver thing is is definitely big. But that being said, I I actually really like this pick. I get I gave it a B plus. I think this this late, I mean sixth round, they were able to get a guy that's a, a great locker room leader. Um, he was a captain for two of his years at Wake Forest. One thing I found interesting is depending it's on what, what you I said about him. What? Disregard, because I believe I said that I didn't think he was a captain. So I guess I was wrong on that. <laughs> no, I, feel like I feel like we talk about someone. 
I feel like we talked about someone else at Wake Forest being a captain, so maybe they just had like half their team being captains. No, I don't know. <laughs> but from what I read, it, he was he was a two time captain. The interesting thing is, depending on where I read, he was listed as six five or six three, which I think to your physical traits things, to me that's a big difference when you're talking about a three hundred pound individual, three hundred and ten pound individual, like six five or six three makes a big difference. But I guess if he is six five, then I, that's a great option to have at tackle. Um, a guy that's played tackle in the past can play guard. I think it's it's a budget Joe Tooney in a way, and I think this late to get that leadership ability with that flexibility, it's a very again Patriots scheme fit type idea. I think the Dante Scarnecchia thing is a, is is a fantastic thought, and I think that really is a huge determinant in these picks. But I guess assuming that they can keep the caliber that they had in the past, which is a big reach, I give him a B plus. Okay, I guess I mean, you have a point there. I just don't love the guy as a talent as much. But Sammy, what were your thoughts? I mean, for me, it's more so of what they're looking at in the future for tackle. And they have Isaiah Wynn and Marcus Cannon at the moment. And Wynn, they're probably going to pick up his fifth-year option. And Cannon, he's starting to get a little older. So maybe they might be looking at a potential replacement, especially if they feel that his abilities can be developed to take over once Cannon is gone, I believe he has an extension for another two years. I think I think it's right, two or three. Yeah. So um, I, I, overall, I'm I'm giving it a a C plus pick because I I didn't really have tackle as a need, but in terms of you know developmental sort of player, I do see him eventually phasing in over Cannon. That's an ideal thought. If you're going this late. I don't see that being the case. You're probably gonna draft a guy in the next year or two who ends up being the eventual replacement more than a guy who they're taking 195th overall. Well, also yeah. the other thing is, was that last season, they had a lot of injuries on that line. Uh-huh. And that's going to be one of the things we're going to talk about with the, the final pick. But they had too many injuries that any depth piece it can be could potentially be a starter at some point during the season. And that's scary, <laughs> in my opinion. And Jared Stidham is going to be having a rough time if, you guys like Owenu and Heron starting for you at the end of this year. Yeah, but uh, t- to your point, I mean, of Marcus Cannon kind of aging up there, they did take in the fourth round, I think it was the Yadni Kajusti guy. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing his name remotely close, but I remember hearing, I think he was a fourth round pick, and hearing great stuff about him, and he did pretty well in the preseason and then got injured. So this might be, you know, a backup plan to a backup plan. And having a fourth round as a backup is. Definitely more reasonable than, you know, a late sixth guy. I agree there. Let's move on to their last pick in the sixth round. They took Cash Malia. <laughs> Malia. Enjoy saying that one five they times some, fast. They had some tough names. The Patriots did not do us any favors or me any favors of trying to pronounce these guys' names. Which I'm just I'm blaming Nike Belichick here, but Cash Maluia, linebacker out of Wyoming. Lucas, I'll start with you. Your thoughts and grades on this pick. Yeah, and and I'll I'll admit up front that a lot of my grades later on I think are are better than er, my earlier picks, and that's purely by I think the value they got this low. By no means does this guy blow me away, but I did give him a B purely because I think this is the Nate Ebner replacement. It's a guy that can play all over the field at a limited capacity, but really is going to be a special team guy. That's why I saw in him. I think he gives a fun name first and last, and can do a lot of different things. So could be one of those long term projects. That's likely what I have them. I at least they're hitting a need here. I put it as that check check minus. Another guy that probably was gonna go later and he'll will be a long term project, but the Patriots felt like they could have taken him here, which it's fine. I'm not gonna 
rail on them too much for a 204th overall pick. There weren't not like crazy amount of guys that I would have loved any over him anyway. So I'm okay with this pick. Sammy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm 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 giving it a B minus just due to I think they have so with Hightower and uh, they're gonna probably be looking at Juwan Bentley as their other starting linebacker going into the season. So. Unless you expect him to be starting over Bentley at some point in the next few years, he's definitely not going to be starting over Hightower as long as he stays. I think it's a solid depth piece. It does help address the need because outside of those two, they don't really have anyone else in the godforsaken case of one of them goes down injured. So it's a B- minus for me. Yeah, they definitely needed some extra depth. And this is the only pick that they added here. Probably should have maybe addressed that earlier instead of taking two tight ends in the third round or a kicker in the fifth. But I digress. Let's move on to the seventh round. 230th overall, they took Dustin Woodard, offensive lineman out of Memphis, their third offensive lineman. Sammy, start with you here first. What were your thoughts and grades? So originally I had center as a potential need when we were talking about it uh, before we started. And that was mostly due to what was going to be happening with David Andrews if he's going to be able to play, especially with his blood clots. And they they say that he's healthy and he should be expected to go, but they ended up losing their backup, uh, Ted. I believe it was it was Karras from a front. Was that right, Lucas? It was Ted Karras was the backup center. Yep. Yeah. He went. He was part of the nineteen players that went to the Dolphins. Yeah, so if if Andrew stays healthy, then this pick is pretty much pointless. But overall, his ability is serviceable backup to him, so it's it's a C plus grade for me. Yeah, he did anchor some good running games, some a lot of good running backs they had at Memphis with Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, and Antonio Gibson in this draft. So he's anchored a lot of them. Memphis's offensive line has been actually one of the better ones in the league. So. The pick is pretty good, I think, at the value here at this point in the draft. It's a zero for me, but it's not a bad zero in the slightest. It's likely just, as you said, a break glass in case of emergency pick. But it's not a bad one to get as your last pick. Better than a lot of the other ones that I had before. Lucas? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm surprised, Sammy, you went that low. For me, I give this an A-. minus. The 230th pick, you're able to fill that backup spot with someone who, uh, as Evan said, has proven to be a, a guy that can establish the run game, which was an issue for us. By no means, obviously, is he a game breaker, but for the 230th pick to to get that safety of mind and to get a solid player, I thought that was fantastic value for something this low in the draft. So I give him an A minus. Mm-hmm. Yep. I you considering you've kind of just been higher as you mentioned on the lower picks that fits in line there. Fits the yeah. Let's wrap it up. We've gone through all the picks. So we have our final thoughts and grades. Lucas, I will start with you. What were your final thoughts and grades for the Patriots draft? Yeah, so so just to quickly go over, I had C minus A, B minus, B plus, C minus, and then it was kind of high Bs and As. So overall, I think by all means could have been way better, especially up front. I think we all agree on that. Um, I gave them a B minus overall. I think they were able to fill a lot of value spots, but not really get that headliner that's going to be a difference maker. Even the Josh Akcho, I know I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but... Uche. Uche, thank you. Uh, Josh Uche pick. Like, we all like it, but not for where it was. Um, and he's not, by no means, a game breaker. So I think B-minus purely based on filling 
needs or at least project needs if this is going to be a rebuild. But from a actual difference maker standpoint, not much. And I was on the border of a C plus, so B minus C plus. If I had to give it a number grade, it would be an eighty. Okay, fair enough. Sammy, what were your thoughts in grade? I'm pretty much similar, except I'm going to go more towards the C plus range due to just the fact that these players, they do address some of the needs, but in terms of value and that, you know, they reached high on both of the tight ends or also reaching on, on Duggar, even though as I'm reading, well, as I was reading more into him, it seems like he was probably going to be a later day two, early day three guy if the Patriots didn't end up drafting him. But with the value that they got the tight ends and they didn't address the wide receiver spot, which is Edelman is going to have a target. Edelman and I guess Marquise Lee and Sanu now, which it's a questionable receiving <laughs> core. Sanu's going to have a tough time this season with not so stellar tight ends, not so stellar receivers. And Michelle is to be determined on his health. So overall, it's a, it's a C plus. It in terms of a Patriots draft, this was probably an A plus Belichick draft, but I'm just not a fan of it. You were two are way too generous in my opinion. I I guess that's kind of fell out throughout. I thought this was just a bad draft overall. When I originally made these picks, out of the ten picks, I had eight of them with a potential minus next to their name. A couple of them I ended up revoking as we went through it. Some of it, like the Kyle Duggar one, I just kind of went more generous. A couple of them, you kind of convinced me that it wasn't as bad as I had it originally. Their only decent pick was the Uche pick. That was the only one that I thought was in line value. There were no picks that I was like, ah, great pick by the Patriots. Their kicker one might have been their second best pick in the entire draft. That's where really I'm at with the draft. I did not think it was a good job at all. Didn't hit on some of their major needs. Sammy mentioned wide receiver. They didn't attack linebacker until the 204th pick. I thought they should have taken a quarterback if they're going to even pretend to contend. Clearly, they're not doing that. It's great for the tank in terms of building a really competitive (laughs) roster. I see maybe two of these guys actually making an impact and one of them being the kicker. So it's probably between a C and a C- for me. I'll go with the C- because I'm clearly very not hot on their draft overall. One of my least favorites. It, the Patriots didn't do a good job for me at all. Fair. <laughs> I, would, I would say, are we going to do a recap show at the end of the season to see how these picks went? Uh, probably not. That would, considering we're going through all the teams, that'd be, unless, unless we, for some reason, have another quarantine where we have several months of no Never rule it out. around and we need more content. But we're really hoping that's not the case. Yeah. So, so in that case, let me let me ask one more question to you guys. What do you think the Patriots are doing record-wise this season? Well, we'll do previews. We're gonna do previews. Oh, Don't we are. Right, so, so you guys yeah, will yeah. do that, okay? Because I think that that is a huge determinant of, as I said earlier, some of my grades here are a huge determinant of whether I think it's a rebuild or a, uh, or a tank for Trevor. Um, and I think that's yeah, something that I'm, I'm really confused about whether. Yeah, you were saying that. I, I mean, clearly, between our my offseason losers and my draft grades, I clearly feel they are in that rebuild, retool, tank, whatever you want to call it, in that phase. So you, unless Stidham blows my thoughts of him out of the water, ends up being a great player or a great quarterback, or at least even a decent quarterback. I don't think he's going to be even average. So that, as people, several people have mentioned, quarterback is the biggest factor of a successful or 
poor team and going from Tom Brady to Jared Stidham yeah. seems like a huge downgrade, even the 42 year old Tom Brady. Yeah. I guess my only, my only thing is, is does Belichick have the, the story that everyone's been saying is, does he have that drive that he wants to prove he can win with, you know, someone that they're saying is average. And so that's my only wonder is, is if they will tank is, is Belichick a type of guy that is willing to tank? And I think that's something that I, I don't know he, yet. I think he is. He wants he wants to win, and he knows the roster currently is not set up to win. But if you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you are on the path to winning again. And just being bad next year, you can get a lot of better players. He'll obviously he'll either trade down with his later picks. He'll he'll do more maneuvering outside the top pick where they if they end up getting the number one pick, which I guess is to be seen. I don't know if they're going to be bad enough for that. They might be in that Dolphin situation where. They win just enough games that they get into that maybe top five and get another quarterback they like. But I see this as a total rebuild year that they're not. The defense could overperform once again, but I do feel like with the offense just being bad, the defense will regress some as well. They also will just regress due to normal, just the cycle of defenses where teams that are great one year on defense typically are not as great the next year. Sammy, what do you think? I am I'm I like Stidham just because of, you know, I want to have hope, but overall I I think they're they're going to be that weird mold of they're going to tank but just miss out because obviously Belichick's not going to have them, you know, play to lose or anything like that. And I think that's going to really come to effect because they still have a really top defense despite losing a couple pieces in free agency then I think the defense alone might win them a couple games, especially in the division. That's what I'm saying. The defense will do it. The offense is bad enough to hold them back from winning many games at all. But yeah. That's a, well, that's, I think that's, that's about it. That's right. Anything else you want to add, Lucas? I think that's it. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, yeah. Thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. We'll definitely have you on again once we get through all this draft stuff, and hopefully we'll have real sports to talk about. <laughs> yeah, when you guys do your NHL one, let me know. <laughs> oh for sure we will we do have some nhl topics coming up in the future Woo. so we'll let you know on that love it all right thanks guys and of course sammy thanks for coming on as always thanks for having me as always and thank you all for listening make sure you subscribe to firmly grasp it wherever you listen to your podcast you can follow us on twitter at grasp 2020 for episode releases and other news you can email us any questions or comments at grasp 2020 at gmail.com Hope you enjoyed this episode. We got plenty more coming up. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.